Morning, church family. That was a real blessing uh, to be able to participate in watching you get baptized. It, it, uh, it's fitting, I think, actually, that today we get to celebrate baptisms together because we're talking about transformation and when we listen to somebody talk about the change that Jesus makes in our life when we come to know him. It points to that. It points to the fact that every one of us, if we are in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, are being transformed by the Spirit. If you have Jesus as your Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit. And He is working a work of transformation. All of us are being transformed by the Spirit. We've been talking for several weeks about the Holy Spirit, as we've been walking through the first part of the book of Acts, we're in this series called Family Spirit, and we've been looking at the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the early church and those first believers, and we've looked at, at who he is and, and what he does, but we haven't just been looking at the work of the Spirit in their lives, we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. A couple of weeks ago, Uh, Jim asked us if we were hungry for more of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And I know I am. And I hope that as we press in to this series week after week, that every one of us is continuing to press into that, that, that thirst, that hunger to see more of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And I think... For some of us, as, as we've walked through this series so far, we've learned some things that maybe we didn't know about the Holy Spirit. But I think for others of us, it's not so much that we've learned uh, information that we didn't know. We've gotten information that's corrected some false views of the Holy Spirit that maybe we've had, some misperceptions, some misunderstandings of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's really appropriate as we talk about this issue of transformation, of being transformed by the Spirit today, because our misunderstandings of who the Holy Spirit is and how He works when it comes to transforming us will really affect our participation in this transformation that He wants to work in every one of us. Last week, Pastor Jim talked about the day of Pentecost. And we know that, that the disciples had already received the Spirit when they came to faith in Christ. But he had told them to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came on them with power. And last week we talked about that. On that day of Pentecost when they were all gathered together, the Spirit came on those early believers in power and a miracle happened. They were all able to speak in the languages of all of these people who were gathered there in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost together. Whatever region they were from in different parts of the world, they heard the mighty works of God being declared in their home language. And we're going to pick up that story in chapter 2 and start with how these people were responding. They, They said, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. In other words, they're just drunk. But Peter, taking his stand with the other eleven, raised his voice and declared to them. 
We're going to stop there. Now, if you continue to read for the most of the rest of chapter 2, you would read Peter's message. Peter stands before the crowds with the other 11 disciples, and he declares God's plan of salvation. Uh, the plan of salvation that culminated in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. But, but instead of looking at the content of his message today, I, I want us to kind of step back and look at the person. And not just Peter, but really all of the disciples. Peter takes his stand with the other 11. And they stand to, to deliver this message. And I think sometimes... We elevate these men, these, these disciples, as somewhat superhuman, extraordinary men. That Jesus must have picked these guys because they were, they were set above everybody else. That they had abilities and skills, personalities that led them to, to great ministry. But you need to remember that just a few weeks before this, all these guys abandoned Jesus in fear. They weren't courageous men. They were cowards. They ran. In fact, Peter himself denied Jesus three times. They didn't affect the ministry that God wrought that we, were, that we will see through the book of Acts because of their own extraordinary abilities. The ministry that God did through them happened because they were transformed by the Spirit of God. We're going to get into this part of the story a little bit later in your series, but I want us to look at a statement that Luke makes in chapter 4. A little bit later in the story, John and Peter get arrested by the religious leaders, and then they get interrogated. And, and Luke writes this, he says, now when they, that means the religious leaders, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. These men, these, these early followers of Jesus were uneducated, common men. And yet the Holy Spirit had transformed them and was continuing to transform them in such a way that when people who didn't know Jesus looked at them, they were astonished at the change that happened in them. They were different people. Because that's what the Spirit does. When we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live within us. And He does a work of transformation in every believer. The Spirit transforms every believer from the inside out. From the inside out. So if you were wondering this morning, how do I know if I'm a Christian? Well, if you read your Bible... It's not going to point back to a point of decision where you raised your hand or, or, or you lifted your head. What it is going to point to is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit in you, because the Holy Spirit changes every person that he enters. He transforms God's children. 
2 Corinthians says this, And we all, all believers, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What Paul is saying here is that every believer, as we behold the glory of the Lord, Jesus Christ, we are being transformed. It's not a a one-time occurrence. It's an ongoing occurrence. We're being transformed into what? Into the same image. Into the image of Jesus. You and I, as we look to Jesus, we are being transformed little by little from one degree of glory to the next into Christ-likeness. And how does this happen? By the Lord who is the Spirit. You and I, if we're Christians, are being transformed by the Spirit. It's His work in us. And I said earlier that, that I think some of us have misunderstandings of who the Spirit is and how He works. And I think that's really true when it comes to this area of transformation in us. And so this morning, I want us to talk about three reasons that we are transformed by the Spirit. Three reasons that every one of us who knows Jesus Christ as our Savior are being transformed by the Spirit. And the first one is simply because of who He is. You and I are being transformed by the Spirit because of who He is. I think Jim mentioned this in one of the early messages that I think sometimes we tend to relegate the Holy Spirit to kind of a lesser position. That yes, he's God, we have some vague understanding of the Trinity, but, but we see him different, lesser than God, littler than God the Father, maybe less important than God the Son. And so I want to just, for a minute, look at the way the Bible describes this Holy Spirit who we're talking about in this series. And we know he's called the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5, verse 5, it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He is the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit or the Spirit. But if we just go a little bit further in the book of Romans in chapter 8, we see Paul describe this spirit this way. He says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So who is the Holy Spirit that dwells in in us, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, many of you probably are familiar with Galatians 2.20. Some of you, it might even be your favorite verse. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We know that it's the Holy Spirit who dwells in every believer. Paul here refers to the indwelling presence in him as Christ who lives in, in him. So who is this Holy Spirit? 
It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. When God puts His Spirit in you, all that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is, and all that He can accomplish dwells in you. All the power at God's disposal, all the grace, every attribute that has to do with the Almighty God lives in you through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. It is no wonder that we're transformed. In fact, it would be ridiculous to think that the God who created the universe could live in us and that we would not be changed. We're being transformed by the Spirit because of who He is. Because the Almighty God Himself dwells in us. We're being transformed because of who He is and we're being transformed by the Spirit because we desperately need transformation. Now, maybe that seems overly obvious to some of us. But he is transforming us because we need it. it. It's pretty obvious if you just open your eyes that there are so many things in this world that are not the way they're supposed to be. It's broken. It's very broken. But it isn't just the world that's broken. It's us too. There there is a brokenness in us. There are things in us that, that aren't the way they should be. We need transformation. Paul talks about this brokenness that we experience in Romans chapter 8. He, he says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Let's just unpack this for a second. Paul, right before this, has talked about the fact that all of creation has been subjected to the curse of sin. The, the penalty that, that the world was subjected to because sin entered the world. So things aren't the way that God created, created them to be. Things are broken. But it isn't just external things. People, we, Even we who have the Spirit in us, we're groaning inwardly. And we're not just groaning because things out here aren't all that they should be. We're groaning because things in here aren't all that that they should be. Someday, when we're with Jesus, everything will be made right. Paul talks about that as the redemption of our bodies. We are waiting for that day. But until then, we're groaning. And I realize that some of us here may be more aware of the internal groaning that we have because we're broken than others. 
But I do know that some of us are keenly aware of our own brokenness. There are things in us that we keep bumping into that aren't the way that they ought to be. And you need to know this morning that the Spirit is transforming you. He sees your need for transformation and He is at work in you. He knows you need transformation. And that's why He's at work. So we're being transformed by the Spirit because of who He is and because we desperately need it. And we're being transformed by the Spirit because He helps us. And if there's one area where I think that we misunderstand or misperceive how this process of transformation works and how the Holy Spirit is involved in it, it's in this area of how He helps us. Now we know that he's a helper. We've, we've heard him referred to as the helper. Jesus in John 14 says, I, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. In John 16, he says, Nevertheless, I, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And Paul himself refers to the Spirit's help. Right after he talks about this brokenness in Romans 8, 26, he says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So we may be familiar with this term, helper, that the Spirit is our helper, but what kind of help do we see him bringing? Is it help like ours? You see, I think often when we think of who the Spirit is and how He helps us, we, we think of Him through the lens of our own experience. So just for a minute, think about how you've been helped or, or maybe how you've helped. I would imagine that most of us have been asked to help people at one time or another. And, and if you're like me, sometimes you've been willing. And other times, not, not so willing. Sometimes you said, yeah, let, let me help. And, and other times you said, no, I can't, I can't right now. You're not available to help all the time. And there's all sorts of reasons for that. And sometimes I think we see the Spirit that way. That we look at our own need for transformation and we think, is he helping me? Does he want to help me? He's not like us. Maybe, maybe you've offered to help somebody in the past and you've gotten involved and you, you've begun to help them. And after a while, it, it, it seems pretty apparent that your help... It, it's not effective because the person that you're helping is not changing. And so what's the point of helping somebody who can't be helped? And so you back out. And I think sometimes we see the Spirit that way. Uh, that 
Yeah, he's willing to help us, but what if we keep failing? What if the thing in here that, that hasn't been changing seems like it's never going to change? The, the internal struggle that we have that we wish was transformed, it, it just seems like it's not going to happen. We feel like the Spirit is like, yeah, I'm willing, but you don't seem willing. So let me know when you're ready. And he gives up on us. But the Spirit's not like us. Have you ever helped somebody and they just really didn't appreciate it? You try to help and they're not grateful at all for the help that you bring? In fact, they're ungrateful. I don't know about you, but I know that I am not nearly as grateful as I ought to be for the fact that the Holy Spirit is my helper. And if his help for me is dependent on my level of gratitude towards him, I'm in big trouble. And so are you. But church, thank God that the Spirit is not like us. And so when you think of the fact that he's your helper... And you have trouble imagining the kind of help that he would bring because you see him through the filter of your own experience. Remember, he's not like you. He's not like anybody else. He is all the goodness that God can bring when he helps. So what kind of help? I want us to look back at the way Jesus describes this helper in John 14. He says, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So what kind of help? What kind of help does the Holy Spirit Well, one of the things Jesus says about the Holy Spirit as a helper is that he will be with you. He is with you, and the the picture there is that he is beside you. He is your companion. No matter what you're going through, he is there with you. In, In Hebrews 4, it talks about how Jesus is aware and can sympathize with every weakness that we have because he's experienced those. So he's able to come to our aid, our help. Who is that? It's the Spirit. He's alongside you. He's your closest friend. He will never give up on you. He brings help by offering us In us, help. Jesus says that the Spirit is with you and in you. And thank God he's in us. Because if all he could offer was external help, then the things inside of us that we don't know how to transform would never get transformed. But the Spirit is in us. 
and the weaknesses that we have inside, the things that we don't even understand, He does. The brokennesses in us that that we struggle with, that we have no idea how to change, He does. All that God is and all His power is in us by the Holy Spirit and He can change us internally. And he offers us forever help. Jesus says he'll be with you forever. No matter what you go through, whether you appreciate his help, whether you fail over and over again, he never grows weary of helping you. He doesn't get tired of the fact that you struggle with the same things over and over again. In Lamentations, there's this beautiful couple verses. It says this, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of this description of God as applying to the Holy Spirit. But it does. The Holy Spirit in you is steadfast. His love for you never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. He is never weary of helping you, of helping transform you. He's faithful. As we begin to wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. When you think about your own internal brokenness, have you lost hope in your transformation? Now, I don't mean necessarily in any transformation. I mean, is there an area in your life that you have begun to lost hope will ever be transformed? You know, sometimes I think when we press in to the Lord, He shines light on things in us that we really don't want to look at because we feel defeated. We feel like, oh yeah, I've seen that before in me and I don't like it and I don't know that it's ever going to change. I don't really have hope that it can change. I'm not saying theologically that you don't believe that God can change people. I mean in you, that thing that's broken in you. When the Holy Spirit says, let's look at this, let's press into this, do you embrace that or do you run from it? Do you trust That when he shines light on the things in your life that need transforming on the inside, that he can accomplish that? Or do you shy away from looking at those things? You see, he wants to change us from the inside out. And often what what we do is when he shines lights on the internal things that are broken in us, we just want to focus on something else. It's so much easier if I can just focus on an external thing instead. 
or distract myself in this way or that way. But he's, he's here with us as our helper to change us internally. What does the writer of Lamentation say? This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And what is it that we need to call to mind to remember intentionally? You can have hope, and your hope is that you have a helper. You have an effective, almighty helper who is at work to transform you. And he will never stop working to help transform you, to be more and more like Jesus. So you can, with courage, you can press into the things that he shows you. Would you stand with me? If you're here this morning and you know Jesus, then you have the Spirit. And he is doing a work of transformation in you. And, and when Jim talked a couple of weeks ago about whether we were hungry for more of the Spirit's work, one of those things that he wants to work in us is change. That we would be more and more like Jesus. And you can trust him in that process. And as we close today, I want to speak a promise over all of us. One that, it's not my promise, one that God makes. Paul writes these words in Philippians 1, verse 6. And I'm sure of this, certain of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If you know him, he has started a work of transformation in you and he will never Stop. And one day, you'll be fully transformed. But in between now and then, He is working. So you can trust Him to continue that work. And you can lean into Him when He shines lights on the things in you that need transforming that you're afraid to look at. He's good. And He's faithful. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord, that you have poured your spirit into us as an expression, a tangible expression of your great love for us. And Spirit, we ask that you would continue to help us to see the things that we need to see about you so that we will lean into the transformation that you are working in us. That instead of running from those things that you shine light on, that we would instead open our hearts fully to you. That we would seek your continuing infilling and empowerment as you work transformation in us, Lord. Help us this week to say yes to you every day. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Have a great day, church.